0: Griffin, you replaced the sun, I hear.
1: I have an alarm clock that simulates the sun. It's a simulated sun that lives on my nightstand, and it wakes me up when my body feels ready for it. Mm. You have this alarm clock that's like, hey, Russ, hey, come on. (laughs) And that's not how human beings are supposed to wake up. That's not how God intended it when he made the sun for us That was a really good impression of my daughter. Mm. I'm actually extremely (laughs) impressed. (laughs) I have a little virtuous sun. And it pops up right on my bedstand. It doesn't burn me terribly, as the real sun does. So that's another mark against real sun. And it wakes me up when my when I'm damn well ready to start my day. How does it a, know when you're ready, though? It just knows, man. It knows you. It, it knows me. It knows me inside, out, spiritually, physically.
2: Did centrally. it interview you like when you turned it on for the first time? Was it like, what's your favorite food? What's there was your favorite a survey. Color?
1: Yes, it did a do a survey. It, it was delivered by a man in a white suit. Sorry, mm-hmm. I should have mentioned that first. Yeah. The man in the white suit, he wanted to know everything about me. And so he sat me in a special chair. We shouldn't be talking about this part on the air, though, because he told me not to tell anyone. <laughs> and he, he lives, lives in your it. house now. He does live with me. Yeah, he's more of a roommate. And when I set alarm clock, it's just him. <laughs> At 6.21 a.m. every morning, he rustles me gently from my bed. His name is Philip. His name is Philip. And I love him very much. He is your son.
3: Do you have to feed him or take him for walkies? Oh, shit.
1: I gotta go! My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week.
2: My name is Christopher Plant, and I know a game this week. My name is Ross Rushing, and I know the best game of the
3: week. Welcome back to the Besties, a weekly... Game of the Year podcast a a video, a book club for video games as we like to say here
0: There's got to be a better way <laughs> to be say it. We like way. saying that I don't think we like saying
3: that I, I love think it's just four it trips out it. of my tongue uh, this is a show where we talk about the latest and greatest in video gaming and this week we're going to talk about Journey to the Savage Planet
0: Is it possible that I wrote the title down wrong on the rundown when I was writing the rundown? I have seen you type both <laughs> you did, and then I corrected it. It is
2: not Journey to a Savage Planet. It's Journey to the... Journey game. with my Savage Planet. <laughs> journey unto my Savage
1: Garden. Who's gonna, like... Who's gonna... I don't think we we nominated a
0: leader to speak about this game. Justin seemed kind of smitten by it. Maybe Justin yeah, should lead the charge.
3: Yeah, I did. You know what? I did... I did like it. Can you set it
0: up for, because
1: I feel like this one is uh, more than a lot of games we've covered this year, like, came in pretty under the radar if you weren't, like, really paying attention.
3: Yeah. So, okay. Uh, Journey to the Savage Planet was developed by Typhoon Studios, which I'm currently looking uh, at their website to see where they are based. They're out of Montreal,
2: Canada. Uh, Right. And they are now owned by Google Stadia. As of December 29th. Correct. Wow. Okay, cool. Uh,
3: that's great. This would have been a good Stadia exclusive. It's a shame they couldn't pin that down.
1: <laughs> is it a shame? It's a shame. Is it a Everybody shame with Stadia that
3: could have enjoyed this great game. Okay, so Journey to the Savage Planet is a open world game where you're a, a spaceman who's stranded on the titular planet and must brave its dangers to rebuild your your craft refuel it uh find out the sort of mystery at the center of this this planet unearth the the uh reason that it seems to be have been visited by intelligent life at some point and to get home you are being overseen by a you know that sort of post-capitalist satirical corporation that seems to be in, uh, some some permutation of, of which seems to be in every game. Your uh, you know your aperture sciences that that sort of deal. Um, and the main thrust of the gameplay is split between. There's a lot of I would say a lot of Metroid Prime DNA in there. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, scanning your environment to learn about
1: how it ticks, and a lot of first person platforming, which is like for me the like. The thing I think about when I think about Metroid Prime, because it's what—that's not a knock against it. It's maybe the only game that's ever done a good job with it, except for Jumping Flash on the PlayStation one. Uh, <laughs> yes, and I've, i think
3: if you return to Jumping Flash now, you would find yourself disabused of the notion yeah. that handled it handled well. <laughs> um that was at a time in video games where jumping very high was enough to just like i don't know guys put it on the disc uh we got phil hartman we're calling it blasto put it on a disc (laughs) baby. it's ready to go um so there yeah there's a lot of uh, you do have a, a one weapon you have a blaster that you upgrade with like you know better battery and, and more damage, etc. Uh and, and you get some sub weapons, some items that you collect in the world, grenades that do like shocking and um, acid and explosions and stuff that or you bait. use to, to explore different puzzles and what have you. There is a lot of platforming. There's a lot of exploring the world. You have a jet pack that you can upgrade with more sort of boosts. It's never like a free floating kind of thing. It's like a jump extender. Um, and you also uh, can get a grappling beam of sorts that lets you connect to certain points uh, or, uh, scattered around the world. You can't just use it to connect anywhere. It is,
0: it is like uncannily similar to Metroid Prime. It really like just... Ever, uh, and not not the resource I question think it's stuff, much
3: more fl- it's much more fluid what? than Metroid Prime. Yeah, yeah, it's much more fluid what? than Metroid Prime. No, I, I think if you return to Metroid Prime, you would find yourself disabused of the notion. Okay, <laughs> <that laughs> Metroid down. Prime is, is they put Luigi in a mansion,
2: put it on the desk.
3: That that is the that is the idea of the game. It's it's not massive. Uh, you know, I, I did probably. of all the stuff I did all the collectible stuff that sort of Interested me some of it has a little Bit of narrative component component Some of it's just like getting this orange Goo to smash Into your helmet and upgrade your Your life and your stamina and um, Before I say anything else you should Know there's a little bit of FMV in there Uh, (laughs) There it is it color that Will color my my uh My take on the game you have a boss that Uh uh you know, sends you video messages about your progress, uh, all very kind of silly and, and absurd. And uh then there are some commercials that uh I would say they remind me of um you know they remind me of the most the like Jackbox fake uh yeah. products. You know, it's still that sort of same satirical type By, like by the, way it, of
1: by way of Tim and Eric. Like that, yeah. that like, idiocracy. Yeah. I got that vibe from it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I don't Okay, so the gameplay is all, I mean, none of it feels particularly new. None of it feels particularly like, um, it's challenging. It's not that hard. But for whatever reason, I found this sort of like very mild curve of, exploring the world and finding the little collectibles around. Like I just found it very pleasant. It's the kind of game that really entices you to explore. I think it's always kind of like luring you away. It looks really cool. The geography is all really cool and it feels really crafted, especially when you're going after some of the more hidden collectibles like there are a lot of con there are paths that are hidden out of the way that make you feel really smart and accomplished for for finding them and kind of zipping around with your I, with your jetpack and your yeah, grappling hook I, I do want to talk really about
0: fun. like moving around because you talked about okay. you said that it's not um you think this feels better than Metroid Prime, which I... Let me correct that. Okay.
3: Once you finish upgrading your jetpack and get, like, all the charges in it... Sure, so um, at the end of the I, game, yeah. Well, tw- No, no, no. I, I had it
1: halfway through. Okay. Once you get the first, like, jetpack double jump upgrade, essentially, like, that's when it kind of... Cl- I was not enjoying the game at all until I got that, and I was like, oh, okay, like, this actually opens a lot of doors, and actually it feels pretty good. I think the is like, the best thing this game's got going for it. It, yeah, it, 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 it is fun. To I don't play. disagree I do with that, but I don't know if that
0: yeah, i I don't know. i I once I had the um jetpack upgrade, it, I felt like I was like constantly over jumping things and like didn't have a good feel for it. I also one of the weird things about it is that it, the controls are like for at least for me, kind of cumbersome and clunky. like there was a lot Were I tried you on a to, controller or I tried mouse? both. So I okay. started with the controller and I found myself having to like, maneuver like way too many, like shifting my thumbs around way more than I normally would when I'm like, oh, I need to scan this thing and I need to pull up my tracker and then I need to blah, blah, blah. It was just like way more complicated than it should have been. And then I moved to PC and it was equally complicated because there's just so many inputs. It's like, okay, I'm switching sub weapons and now I'm throwing a sub weapon and now I'm grappling and uh, like there's just like a lot of variables for a game that is really not that complicated. But I feel like for whatever reason, they made it that complicated. I don't know. It felt a lot
3: more sensible on controller. I think I will say it's a little cumbersome uh, switching between your sub weapons. You have to like tap on the D pad to flip through them, and there's not like a quick, quick select to one of those. And a lot of them, you're in situations where you need a certain thing right now, uh, and that can be a little bit annoying. I, I tended to overshoot those.
1: We we haven't really talked about the the other sort of like vector in this game's DNA, which is probably my least favorite thing about it, is that it kind of dabbles in the craft genre. Like a, uh, when I started playing it, I thought, oh, this is going to be a Subnautica. This is going to be a... I think you actually just announced it as such at the end of our last episode Mm -hmm. and said it is a Subnautica.
2: Mm -hmm. It's one of those.
1: It's not really one of those. Uh, (laughs) It is not, but like, okay, I guess the more obvious like comparison uh, is like a No Man's Sky. You turn, you, you land on this planet, it's vivid and bright and colorful and strange. Uh, and you think, okay, well, I'm going to go get all this stuff to upgrade my blaster pistol and then upgrade my scanner so I can find more minerals to upgrade my jetpack, to upgrade my ship, to upgrade, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to, like, improve your chances of survival and improve, like, your way of getting around the world. But, like, it's really, it leans a lot, it is much more, uh, uh, scripted isn't the right word because it is still open, open world and you can sort of, you know, go and explore and find all kinds of different things. But, like, it did not, it does not uh, follow that pattern necessarily.
2: Like it The is system much is not more... pleasurable at all. So the, the way that you actually get perks is there are all these perks that you, like Just uh, Griffin's describing, that you collect all these different types of materials and then you can unlock the perk. That would be fine, perfectly fine. Or like maybe you get level upgrades that can allow you to unlock those. Instead, what they do is you have a journal in your menu and in the journal, you have science experiments that you need to do. And those experiments are unreliable at best. Uh, I spent an hour trying to do an experiment where you just shock five creatures and kill them within a certain amount of time or however many creatures. And I did it multiple times in multiple places and it never unlocked. And then literally after doing this for, I'm not exaggerating, an hour, I went into a new area where it just happened by accident. It was like, oh, great. What a tremendous waste of my time. Um, you also have to collect DNA from certain creatures, but you can only do that when you are on that specific layer of the mission. So you go I went around the whole game wondering why I couldn't collect DNA samples from anything until I realized, oh, I have to collect just the three it wants me to do now. And then later on in the game, I have to go back to collect things I've already passed. It's I mean, it's like routinely
1: frustrating
2: how yeah, they design that's the system. Fair.
1: And it's it the the bigger thing for me is like it's it, there's the craft element that they have in there feels so unnecessary right so like to talk about the economy of the game which is like a thing that I I find very fascinating in games like this um, one of the first missions is like you need the double jump if you want to go any further if you want to find the thing with the grapple beam you're gonna need the double jump right it is it is very Metroidy in that way uh, it says okay well there, here's a place where we know there is this alien alloy that you need to make the the jetpack upgrade for double jump you can go there Uh, to the game's credit you could also just go anywhere that this alien alloy exists because it is like a very rare crafting material that you need for like special upgrades so you could accidentally find it somewhere else and that's super cool i went the intended route i found the alien alloy after going through this cave full of like monsters and lava i got the alien alloy and it was like great you also need 100 carbon and it's like that so like you're going around i went back to the ship with my alien alloy like let's do this thing it's like oh you only have 50 carbon you don't have 100 carbon I, was like, well, I guess i'll go back i guess i'll go back outside and like shoot five space chickens and then come back inside and do it th- many- across the
2: green gelatin cube version of alien yes alloy? did you understand so what to do with it oh yeah what did what did you do to open it i
3: what i kicked it off a cliff uh-huh And then I noticed that, uh, uh, there was some silicon down there and I noticed it went around and sucked it up. So I just kept feeding it and I gave it, uh, I slapped some of those berries, Mm -hmm. uh, that heal you and it ate those (laughs) and then eventually ate so much that it exploded. Whoa. That's great. I'm I'm glad
2: that you explained it because it's the one time that you, I think there are two or three of these in the game. Um. Totally unexplained and not related to any of the other allies, which just
0: open normally. Justin, do you think that's because of your like adventure game DNA, where you like yeah. throw a paperclip at a door and hope for the best?
3: <laughs> absolutely,
0: absolutely, yeah,
3: that's it, absolutely that in the fucking page on IGN that I looked at.
1: <laughs> but like, th- that's what I'm. Saying. It's it is that sounds neat. Actually, I'm into that. What I'm not into is like this additional unnecessary layer of, well, actually you have to go and get this material that like is hanging on some walls. And if you break those, you get 50. And if you kill a chicken, you get five. And then you go back and you can make the thing by going back to your ship, which like you do eventually get access to a teleportation network. But like, just like when the chest opens, instead of getting an alien alloy, and then I have to go and get a hundred like pieces of carbon. And then I go back to the ship to make the upgrade that you've told me to make, the chest opens and I get the thing and yeah. I can, I can do the. Can double you drill. guys
3: drill down on the like
1: okay, I I I felt some of these like complaints,
3: especially gating it behind the science experiments. I thought it was so like the science experiments feel like a um one of those like extended end game like I don't know if you want to do this you can uh but it is gating things like. Upgrading your weapon and stuff behind the and upgrading your jetpack like behind these. It felt like
0: MMO grinds. Like a way to pad the gameplay longer than the game actually was, is what it felt like.
3: I agree with you about the science experience. I want to drill down on like what you're saying could be leveled at like a lot of like open world collection games. So Chris, can you like differentiate? What's the what what separates this from like from the pack in terms of getting on your nerves?
2: I think uh to talk about this game, the, the way I think about this game is um, there's a thing that nice restaurants do um, where they have, like, a whole bunch of uh, interesting food options, right? Uh, you can get, like, their special fish or they have, like, uh, I don't know, an interesting way of uh, making – I'll have the special fish, you know, they Yeah, the special <laughs> fish, right? Or the, the ratatouille made by the rat.
3: <laughs> I can tell you're a real gourmand.
2: A... <laughs> but then, like, every um, fancy restaurant also just has a cheeseburger even though it's like a fancy restaurant, and they're like, I don't know. Like, surely there will be people who just want the cheeseburger. They don't want to try anything too risky. We'll make it, it's like a little bit better than you expected. And this is the cheeseburger of the video game industry right now, where it's like, we know this recipe. It that we When they set out to make this game, it was like, we will. This is a game we know we can make and ship within this amount of time. It is the most proven formula imaginable. It's a little bit better than you would expect. It's a, nicer than a traditional like indie game, right? Like it looks kind of AAA ish, but then like you eat it, and after you're done, you're like, I mean, I enjoyed it. I like cheeseburgers,
0: but I'm never gonna think about this again. Yeah, there's something cynically dispassionate about it. It just doesn't have like a soul. Which is the, kind well, of the vibe. I, the weird thing
2: is, I think it does. I just don't like the soul. But to be like, to specifically answer your question, I think the issue is because the game doesn't really aspire or doesn't feel to me to aspire to anything specifically great, the fact that it's just trying to do, uh, follow effectively the formula, that it's not even doing the formula very well, is mm-hmm. maddening to me. Like, it's a 10 hour game and like I have to do MMO grind like padding just to get through that is not particularly thrilling. I didn't didn't hate this game. Like this, I I mean, we talk about like, what are good exercise games? Holy cow, is this a good exercise game? Because time sure passes while you are just doing the grind. But I think its flaws are more obvious because I can't do the thing that I would do with, we talked about Kentucky Route Zero last week. Sure, there are definitely flaws there. But then I can also think about all of the things that I really adore about the game. Um, And for this, there when i try to think of things that were really special to me are going to stick with me it doesn't hold as much weight i
0: i do want to share i i just wanted to share my like biggest pet peeve in the way that the humor gets in the way of like having a good time with this game um very early on in the game like one of the first things you do you pick your quote character you basically pick from like eight different pro uh like images of characters and they're like goofy images, like one of them is like a screaming man. and one They look of
1: them, like 1980s shopping
0: mall, like photo booth, laser right. background, mullet, like that. Yeah, aesthetic. that kind of thing. One of them is a dog, um, which I thought was funny. Like, hey, I want to be a dog. So I picked the dog. What I didn't know at the time was that selection actually determines the noises your characters make as they <laughs> run through this world.
1: That's good. Fuck you, Russ. Fucking that's fucking funny, Russ.
3: You idiot. That's, that's so it was funny. funny. It was you funny. B- you picked a dog, and then you're mad it made dog noises.
0: <laughs> it was funny the first time I heard like a dog grunt after like a long fall. Like that's pretty funny this is a
1: good segue to talk about the comedy because i feel like that's the shit that works in this game and by this game i mean any video game this like idea of this joke only works because it is interactive this joke works because it is endemic to like the design of the game itself it is not just a joke that they are shouting at you which this game does sure i would agree with that
0: the problem is and this is also common with games that try to do humor The 60th time I have to hear a loud dog panting when I sprint for too long, I wanted to jump off a bridge. It was literally, I went back to the ship trying to change my character profile just so I didn't have to hear that goddamn audio clip again. I played as the dog, and I will be honest, I didn't even notice that it was a dog.
2: I just thought this guy was a freak.
1: That's so good. That both of those are so funny to me. Uh,
3: That's very uh, funny to us now. Yes.
2: I feel
1: weird
3: about as somebody who like does jokes, I feel like I hate criticizing other people's like comedy, but they've made it such a centerpiece of the the tone. If you remove it, there really like isn't any tone to speak of. I mean, it is literally just one speed. At first, I'll be honest, like I found it pretty grating. Just because that note of like capitalism is bad, uh, but like we're supposed to get you excited about it is like, I feel like super played out in video games uh, a lot because the metaphor of playing most games is like direct, like one to one direct with the metaphor <laughs> of like being exploited by a <laughs> cool. capitalist system. Yeah. It's like, it's like right, like 100% easiest joke you can make. I will say by the end, I, I wasn't like laughing, it wasn't funny, but I did kind of find like it's so eager to
2: please you know like i i just found it like pleasant enough the lead actor is like charming in a weird way he's yeah. very watchable this this yeah. guy who's like your boss i don't think the script is particularly pleasurable but his performance is enjoyable kind of like the guys commit. who do the sonic commercials i don't like yeah. the commercials but i I would hang out with those guys in that car yeah, they, seem, they seem like cool They're guys They're yeah brilliant
1: improv the, the you also have an a the other like character in the game is your ai sort of companion throughout the game for me like for me that was the delivery mechanism that was like literally anything you scan any animal you enter any new area you pick up any new upgrade you do anything and she's got a, like a disinterested AI I don't give a shit if you live or die like quip about it that like here's what sucks about it sometimes the jokes land so much anytime you eat one of the orange goo upgrades a lot of those jokes were fucking great the first time I did like uh, you you, you like first 10 minutes of the game you go out into this new area and then on a little hill you see this orange pot of goo and she's like, I wonder what that is. I wonder if it could be helpful to your mission. And you've also just learned about the scanner because you used it to scan some animal. And so I just ran right up to that hill and it said interact when I hovered near it, <laughs> picked it up and just fucking shoved it into the front of my face like a sea of uh, thieves banana. And like my health and stamina increased. And she was like, wow, you just, it, you didn't. I just told you about the scanner and you didn't scan that. And we're on an alien planet and you just shoved that, orange alien goo that you found on the ground in your mouth and like that cracked me up because like you probably didn't get that if you scanned it and it's like it, it that is funny to me like that isn't that is an interactive joke that I felt like I was a part of and there are a lot of really good ones of those but they are drowned out by just constant jokes there's a lot of it that feels like a
3: spreadsheet next to like a list of things that you scan and it's like okay what's like i guess we have to find something i don't know maybe this like maybe this is the joke about it you know it
2: it feels very mechanical i I think the thing that bums me out about this the game and the humor isn't even the jokes themselves it it is the whole critique on capitalism and also colonialism i mean it's not a secret that the title journey to the savage planet not great Um, use of the word savage not particularly great Um, but I think I, I have to imagine considering the game so clearly is trying to make a commentary on colonialism that like that was intentional that like there's like I guess some irony to this idea of journey to the savage planet where you are actually just this colonialist figure who is landing and killing I mean I don't know if we talked about this Many of the quote enemies don't actually want to fight you. You just yeah. kill them. You need their them. carbon, yeah, and you're, and you're destroying their planet. I mean, it's it's very on the nose, but the problem is it never really says anything. In a way, it reminds me of kind of Spec Ops, the line which I know a lot of people love, but or it does the thing of like, "Well, you've all had fun. I hope you feel bad. Like we we built this playground that that sure does feed exactly the thing that we claim to be against." but it doesn't if you finish the game like it doesn't uh,
3: which I, i'm i guess we all did um it doesn't even like underpin those
2: themes like it doesn't themat, it like doesn't thematically tie it all together the, right the tiniest it's just like spoilers here and i don't think this could even really be a spoiler because it's really hard to spoil this but again if you don't want to hear it skip ahead 15 or 30 seconds there when you have the final boss fight the boss in alien language tells you effectively the message of the game but it's in an alien language, so it's only understandable via subtitle, which is running across the bottom of the screen in tiny font while you're doing the boss fight. So yeah. good luck enjoying that. It's, I, I, and, then, and then, like, just even the, the, the like, the, the goose on this are so old. I mean, there's a commercial about malls. Like, cool. The 1970s <laughs> was a really great time for us to think about malls and capitalism. What the hell? Like I wasn't you- alive when that when that like was a trendy critique, Chris. You don't understand. If you go to the malls,
1: you're a stupid person.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to close this on on this kind of down note, uh, because I, I I think everything everybody's saying is absolutely valid. Um, I think it's only frustrating because like it it gets close to a lot of great stuff that it doesn't quite get to. But overall, I found it to be a very pleasant experience i think it is a bargain priced title is that it's, is that
0: right yeah 30 bucks i think if you like i think this is the sort of game you'll also see sales on and on sale it's like hey this is a good way to spend a half a day or something like this would be the perfect game for a platform like stadia where mm-hmm. if i didn't wild, have to didn't, like <laughs>
2: pay money for it and it was just a thing that i could like pick up and yeah, play true. for a weekend i think uh folks that, yeah this could will hit game good game about pass, that. it's think. a great like pass a weekend type of video game but yeah, when you when you have to hold it up to the light compared to everything else that's out right now, Wolf.
3: As I'm preparing to transition out of this segment, I can, I will say this: I do feel this game fading out of my mind like Brigadoon. <laughs> <laughs> the moment I press stop on this recording, I will go bye
1: bye, and it's like goodbye, Justin.
2: <laughs> yes, it'll journey away from us. Uh, let's uh, let's go to our break. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week. Besties. RocketMoney.com slash besties.
0: This episode of the Besties is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right. So, you know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house. You can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting auraframes.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A U R A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. You
3: go get a phone, you just want a phone, talk to your friends and family, you're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts. your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com slash besties that's mintmobile.com slash besties cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties additional taxes fees and restrictions apply see mint mobile for details Kindred is the name of the uh, company that you're they're working for in this game it is uh cut from the the mold like I said of of many other fake video game corporations like aperture science um uh, we wanted to talk about some of our favorite video game corporations because yeah I feel like they don't get enough credit they're so often cast as like the bad guy like bad ooh scary corporations. Um, but they got a lot to offer. Sometimes I mean, corporations are good, and mm-hmm. they're just
1: basically like people, and they love
3: Thank us. Thank you. When you love them, Thank they you. love you back. So uh, who wants to go first with their favorite corporation?
0: Look, corporations are people, and uh, they're better than people because they don't make you collect fucking strawberries and melons when it's off-season, and that's why I love Joja Mart, brought to you by Joja, the corporation that should be the hero of Stardew Valley, but isn't because those fucking Juminos walk around and think they're so hot, but actually JoJamart is where it's at. repping Jojamart.
1: I have played this game so many times and <laughs> understand that there is the good ending where you invest your money and resources into the community center and rebuild the uh the town. Uh, of, of Stardew Valley and uh, force Mart out of business, and there is also the like Amazon HQ two ending <laughs> where you instead like invest everything in
0: Jojamart. Uh, and I've never had the stomach to do the latter. Look, here's the deal: think of how many people that Jojamart employs. There's only like twelve One. people <laughs> in Stardew Valley. They're, they probably employ ten thousand people. You shut Jojamart out of business. The, yeah, there's like mass depression and hysteria in the streets all over the globe so which is more important your tiny little idyllic town or the world the gears of of uh the lifeblood of this
1: country the gears of war (laughs) uh i mean in a similar vein i'm i'm you know i'm all about that nook life Mm. uh it's all i'm thinking about we're about a month out uh and change from new horizons and it just got me thinking about Nook because i feel like this is the whole nook enterprise and like my man's got his fingers let's be clear we're talking
0: about animal crossing for people that aren't aware
1: yeah yeah
0: who who wouldn't know that uh
1: my man's got his fingers in the mortgage business he's got his fingers in just sort of like general contracting sure uh and also retail right because his kids cousin nephews i don't know what the i'm not exactly nephews okay well timmy and and tommy jimmy anyway they run the shop right and so, like my man has the whole thing locked down, and that's very good to me. But they don't. The prices are fair. The prices are good. His his loans that he gives you are interest free. That is a pretty with good deal. No down, like no down payment, or maybe explicitly a down, only a down payment. Yes, <laughs> it depends on which way you think about it. And like for me, that's a good business. You invest in it; it gets bigger. It offers you more choices. You grow with it.
0: That's a good mm. business. This is a good raccoon. His, People his, do he, dump on Tom Nook on the regs, but he is actually pretty generous, all things considered.
1: Yeah, he's a generous, and he's investing in his community. What the fuck have you done? You built, like, one shitty house, and you planted, like, four apple trees, and then you left, and the town got covered in detritus. <laughs> he's basically the George Bailey of
3: video games. Yes! Yep. Basically. I'd like to talk about an extremely powerful and important corporation to video games. And that's Altor. Mm. Altor has... um. The laid end to end, Altor has the wildest arc of any company in any video game ever. You ready? Mm. Saints Row One, Altor is a clothing manufacturer. Saints Row Two, Altor is. Is five years later, okay, five years after that, their business interests, looking at the wiki page here, their business interests include real estate development, power, cell phones, pharmaceuticals, packaged foods, casinos, <laughs> and weapon manufacturing. Wow. That's all tour in five years. That's wild. That would be like if in the early two thousands, FUBU was like, We're sending a man to the moon. This is our whole <laughs> fucking
1: <laughs> shit <show> now. <laughs>
3: Um. Uh. So Altor does that. Later, they get into more. Uh. You know, different. Di- even more industries. And then the head of the company, Dane Vogel, dies, and he sets up a branch of this company in hell. There's a branch of Altor that is actually in hell. Fast forward. To 2050, this company takes over Mars <laughs> and it, uh, controls like both the, the the financial part and the governance of Mars by 2050 in the Red Faction uh, video game series. Wait, Altor is 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 a huge part of that. Is that too. true? Yeah, bub. I never put in the that same universe. I never put Altor that together. Unites the Saints Row and <laughs> that's spectacular. Red that's fucking universes. fantastic. I never knew that.
2: Yeah. So that's an ama-
3: the amazing Altor Corporation.
2: <laughs> I mean, I can't follow it. The only thing I have is Rapture. I just love the idea of Rapture, Inc., that Andrew Ryan one day is just talking with a gang of people at a party, and he's like, hey, um, I'm going to open the same city, but underwater. And he says it in such a convincing way that everybody's like, I, yeah, I guess so. I'll leave my family and friends behind. Is
1: that? But that's not really a corporation. It isn't? is, that's, that's,
2: because it's, it's a private city. It's a entirely privatized. Whoa. Yeah,
3: Ryan Industries. Yeah, I okay, was the name that's of his, uh, Was his company?
0: Yeah, I guess you would need. Right, because you have to be invited. You can Well, that guy does sneak in, but he's also his son. So I guess whatever. Yeah. I
1: mean, it's like a, it's like a, Spoils. I don't know. It's okay. Yeah, let's say uh, yes. Yeah, so not <laughs> let's not spoil Bioshock, a thirteen-year-old <laughs> video game. <laughs> Kyshock's uh, oh, t- good. I just right. want to also mention that. Do we have any uh messages from our uh, our listeners about their thoughts on Journey to the Savage Planet?
3: Uh let's see. Chase uh wrote in to say the trend of play this game, I think it's good. Question mark. The trend of games where you follow stink lines continues. <laughs> this, is <true.
1: laughs> this
3: is our second consecutive game in which stink lines are followed. Uh, and uh, said the glad, glad the world wasn't procedurally generated, it would have lacked a good sense of exploration. Um, and the art style is great. So chases is, Chase is into it. Um, we've also got a uh, haiku from Chance great exploration. Every game needs grapple hooks, fun to fight bosses. <laughs> now, <laughs> that
1: last bit is it, they needed to fit the fucking like uh, syllable count yep. for a haiku because the boss fights <laughs> in this game are the pits. <laughs> Yeah, they're actually,
2: I like them. Uh, I also asked uh, folks on Twitter who didn't play the game uh, for their favorite funny moment from a video game. Uh, Cassandra said, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. I played with a friend and we hid in a building with only one door and one window. Enemies kept coming in and we would panic, but they would always ignore both of us and run straight out the window. We were only (laughs) 15 or so, but it was the funniest thing in the world. Wow. Um. At PMC Trilogy says, Assassin's Creed 3, I was tailing some guy and tried to hop a fence, but got shot into the air instead. I failed the mission three times, once for leaving the tail distance, once for leaving the mission zone, and a third time for dying when I hit the ground. Both (laughs) of those things are funny video game things and not like the great and mighty poo.
1: Like not like a big (laughs) just here's a joke for you. We got a joke for you. You like the joke?
0: I have to confess something. Okay. I I bought Geck 64 from Toys R Us <laughs> and Yesterday. played it for one day, realized how much of a mistake it was. I was probably 13, went back the next day. They obviously had a policy about not accepting returns like that. I made up the most outrageous story about how it like melted my N64 through the floor <laughs> just so I could get the $60 back and buy something <laughs> decent. <laughs> man, was that game awful! <laughs> oh shit! Oh man! Uh, humor um, games, how good are they?
1: Anybody been playing anything else that is good? I
3: played uh, a little bit of this game, Discolored. I think it's on Apple Arcade. Um, it's a first-person adventure puzzle type thing, sort of like in the in the the mist vein. Um, very cool. Uh, stylistically it is the, you start off at, it's a, like in a black and white, uh, world that's very contained. It's sort of centered on this like diner and a house that's sort of like connected to the, to the diner and, and just sort of the immediately surrounding area. So it's small scale, which is good for a phone. Cause I hate walking around in first person and on, on the phone. I find it kind of cumbersome, but, uh, not a problem here. Um, and the puzzles are all centered on, um, restoring color to the world you find like items that can uh, bring color back into it Um, and uh, that in doing so you gain the ability to like interact with other items and you know so on and so forth you collect the thing you use the thing of the thing how do I play Um, this game Justin it's. What do you mean? Well, me physically with my Russ, broken
2: eyes. How do I play this game? i will have trouble with this game. Let me see. You know what?
3: I've got it right here. Let me see if there's a colorblind mode while somebody else. Uh, uh, about
2: I started playing Halo Reach on PC. And uh, you know what? Older first-person shooters are a strange thing to return to. And I don't know if that's because... So many new shooters come out every year that the genre just evolves rapidly, and it makes it hard to go back to them. So they don't seem to age as well, or what? The game is still fun. Is Fine. it? It's, is it like same engine as the Master Chief Collection? Yeah, I believe so.
1: I mean, um, has it gotten like basically the same spit shine sort of? Yeah, it's treatment? in that collection. Like, yeah. You yeah. Like, oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: yeah, and it's and on PC, I believe it's the only game that you can actually play right now in yes. single player. Oh, okay. Um And yeah, it, it's. It is enjoyable. It, it, it's like more of a, um. It feels like a novelty uh, because it really, it, it's so not like what I remember Halo. I uh, it, Halo Reach has a well, one. You don't have the Master Chief thing. Right. Two. There's like a lot of driving in this. Like it's not open world, but like large open spaces. Um, and you have these very strange power ups that feel kind of like a tease for what hero powers would later become and stuff like Destiny. It really feels like a game between periods. And as a result, it's not especially good at being either of those generations. Um, But if you are somebody who just likes seeing how video game history evolves, I thoroughly recommend checking it out, especially since it's a part of this collection, which will end up being just tons and tons of games. And, And the Halo multiplayer is still wonderful I loved
1: Um, Reach I was crazy about it but this is when I was like I was reading like the Halo
2: books and so like the Reach lore like I knew about and I was excited (laughs) to like live it
1: That was yeah. A, that it was, was my favorite
2: at the time. Game. I think the problem is Destiny exists now, and while I'm playing yeah. it, I keep thinking I could be playing Destiny. Sure. Uh, I've been speaking of thousand-year-old games. Uh, I
1: I was looking for something to play on Switch, so I got into Minecraft because I thought, like, hey, I could open up. I haven't played it since it first came out, and like, I could open up a server because uh, they like offer a service to do that now. You don't have to like, you know, have a you know a uh, blackberry pie fucking <laughs> dongle on your computer to to run an online server uh and uh, that game has changed a lot and it's got a lot of really cool shit the thing that i'm like kind of into now is like i take a lot of pleasure in like lego sets like building something with a uh instruction book like an instruction book right like i genuinely uh not a joke like like putting ikea furniture together i find that to be very like zen like and contemplative fucking screws work am i right yeah sometimes that sucks um and so like what i've gotten into is like finding builds like finding youtube videos of builds that that folks have done where they put together like uh an assembly list like a list of here's you need you know 116 cobblestone slab you need like all of these different things going out into the world acquiring those materials bringing them back putting them in one big box and just saying like okay like let's let's do this and like building a huge windmill like and it takes a while and i can do it while i'm you know editing a podcast or something like that and like that is very much scratching the same itch for me i know lego like has things like that too i feel like like doesn't lego worlds essentially have like some you sort also of describe dragon quest builders Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, like Dragon Quest Builders has that sort of built into the game, right? Like Minecraft. Why it's uh, better than Minecraft is what I'm saying. (laughs) Sure, but what I I'm enjoying Minecraft because like also there are now like hundreds of people on this server, and so like seeing other people doing that same thing too is like a genuinely it is. This is the first time that like uh I kind of like get why Minecraft is. Uh, or at least was like the biggest game on the planet Uh, and uh, yeah it's a cool experience. Okay so I've been playing
0: the same game every day for four years. Wait hold on wait
1: Russ before yep. you do this let me get your can
3: opener cause I it, uh, looking at the rundown here it sounds like you're about to open up a can of whoop ass
1: <laughs> it says
3: rant right here. Uh, I, rant, I, I, I
0: was in the I'm middle ready. of my rant and you Clear the all.
3: decks put the kids to bed. <laughs> Russ
0: is about to bring the fucking heat Get him, dude. I've been playing the same game for four years. That is Fire Emblem Heroes. It is a mobile game. I've talked about it on the show before. Represent, dropping the heat on Fire Emblem Heroes. Here's the thing. They just, this weekend, for after four years, introduced a $10 a month subscription fee to access. Now, look, I get it. If you want to charge a subscription fee for costumes or cosmetic stuff whatever that's fine i get it but they're like locking actual gameplay features behind this subscription wall and it is totally like a major major drag for the it is literally the only nintendo mobile game that is left that has like any sort of goodwill associated with it all the other ones have sort of like devolved into like Animal Crossing, they kind of ruined Animal Crossing. Mario Kart, they kind of ruined M- Mario Kart. No one still plays Super Mario Run anymore. Fire Emblem Heroes was the only one that like had a community and had enthusiasm behind it. It was also the only one still making money for them. Well, that's not true. They all made that's money, but yeah. this was still making a lot of money for them, and they were not satisfied, so they went ahead and introduced this thing. hundred, like Basically, $120 a year to play this game that is like more. That is like five times the amount they charge for Nintendo Online, which has all sorts of free games. You could buy all the DLC for three euros. You could do so much, and this just feels like such a step I in the wrong direction. And I was just super, super bummed about it. I cannot, in my
1: mind, like reconcile how they have a subscription model and a like gotcha game. Mod. Like, those two things seem, because the the whole idea of a subscription model is you pay us this stuff so that, like, we can continue to uh, support the game, develop out the game. That's, like, why MMOs have subscription models. But also, if you pay $5, you'll get some orbs that you can use to randomly get, like, new heroes on your team, and maybe they'll all be shitty. It's, like, how do those two things coexist?
0: Yeah, I think it's just. I think what they're building it for are the people that spend a hundred dollars a month, like gladly, on the gotcha model, and then they're like, oh yeah, whatever, ten dollars a month. They're and killing I get two their free whales, characters. right? Like, why are they? It's what, just for make, whales. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I and that do would have been fine if I don't know they made such a big deal of it and they were just shoving it in everyone's face, and it just felt very gross for a game that I like passionately have enjoyed for this long. Um, yeah. So rant over. The end.
2: <laughs> the can is closed. <laughs>
0: Close the can yeah. it's empty. There's no more whoop
3: ass inside. <laughs> um so next week we're going to be talking about
1: <laughs>
2: Dreams. <mate>? Maybe dream. <laughs> we're how's it looking, plant? So, our man on the ground. Here's the thing. We want to talk about dreams. The new Media molecule Not the game. game. I mean, <laughs> not the game just our dreams it's, it's gonna be the most boring podcast <laughs> of the year i'm rolling this big donut open up the They're gonna be falling out <laughs> um will we talk about dreams it depends on if we are able to play it before then here is a game we will be talking about no matter what super mario brothers 3 y'all don't have an excuse not to participate in in the video game book club this week because everybody has a copy of this game sitting. Look under your somewhere. chair right now, <laughs> check
1: your pockets.
3: Uh, Why are we it,
2: talking about Super Mario Brothers 3? Because it is the, I believe, 30th anniversary of Super shit. Mario Brothers 3. So we will use that as a chance to talk about that game, the, the legacy of that game, which I mean, don't even get me started on that power glove and everything else. Uh, Mario. I hope y'all enjoy it. I hope that we also get to talk about dreams. My teeth keep falling out. I don't know what it means.
1: If we, if we if we don't get access to dreams, and I think like this may be the first time we've done a game that won't be out. It drops on the 14th and we'll be recording our next episode on the 12th. So like, I guess instead of like your thoughts on dreams, unless you have beta access, which like they were very open with, uh, like if you have questions about the game uh, or anything, then let us know. Uh, and if not, like we'll definitely talk about dreams at some point, right?
3: I'd love to hear your Super Mario Brothers three memories too. Yeah, just like sure. You're, I, I think everybody, a lot of people, at
1: least. it's a you Mario. <laughs> Let's just do this one. The Wizard. It was in the Wizard, and they had fun stuff in the Wizard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hopefully, that headed off the three thousand emails about the Wizard we were going to get. I will read your wizard emails, dear listeners. Uh, and and in exchange,
3: I would ask that you uh, help us spread the word about the show. You can uh, share a link that is besties.fan, and then it'll set someone right to the our Spotify page. Because we are produced in conjunction with Spotify, you can follow and listen for free there, which you are doing, have done, but you could tell
0: others to do Some people maybe haven't clicked the follow button, and you should do that if you haven't done that yet. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at the Besties Pod. That is a great
2: place to learn about the topics of new episodes. And we have a newsletter, which you can subscribe to on our Twitter page.
3: So that's the end of The Besties. And be sure to join us again next week for The Besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? is a spotify original podcast in association with vox media the show is edited by jelani carter and our theme song is by ian dorsh
2: besties